Well, good evening, New Beginnings. It's good to be with you tonight. Why don't you stand with us as we go before the Lord, worshiping Him in spirit and truth. Amen? I hear this is a church that likes to get down with worship. Is that right? All right, let's worship.
Father, we worship you. We thank you, Jesus, that you're the reason that we're here. We thank you, God, for your presence. We thank you that only you can take us to places that you choose, things that look out of reach, things we aren't sure of. And you take us places that, that only are your hand, only where, where you belong, God. Purity, holiness, righteousness. The fruits of the Spirit, God. We worship you, Jesus. Take me deeper than my 
as we take this moment of silence to surrender everything to you, to you. focus on your word. We praise and worship you and thank you for your divine presence here tonight. Thank you, Lord, for this praise and worship team that has laid out with clean linens a beautiful banqueting table so that we can partake. Our hearts are grateful for all you do through your people so that you be glorified in everything that we say and do for you. Thank you, Lord, for Pastor Chuck Aragon, who will be sharing the good news with us this evening. Bless the word he brings that it may change our lives forever. We bless you, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. You may be seated. I just want to say welcome, welcome, welcome. Bienvenidos to New Beginnings Church. God bless you. It's so cool to be able to see what my husband sees every service. Y'all are beautiful. <laughs> Thank you for coming to hear God's word. <laughs> we have so many wonderful things that happens here at New Beginnings. We have over 35 different ministries that are out there reaching up, reaching in, and reaching out to our community with the love of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to name a few things, but I do want to preface with this. We have a website that is nbcabq.com. You go on there, you go to events, and it's all there, okay? But I'm going to highlight a few things because it's really exciting. Pastor Anthony, or A.J. Culley, heads our young adults group as well as our youth group. And uh, the young adults are ages 18 to 25. They are meeting next Thursday, June 29th at 7 p.m. Uh, I heard and saw the attendance of his class, and it has doubled. We're so excited for our young adults that are eager to hear the word and to go out to the community and win more souls for Christ. Amen? So uh, you don't need to register for that. You just need to show up. So this is their classroom right in here. And child care is provided. Baptism service is this Sunday, June 29th, after the second service. So if you want to be baptized, it's important. Now, at this point, you'll need to call the office to register, okay? We've been announcing it all month long, but we need you to call the, the uh, office to register because we're getting close. We don't want to miss you. So uh, please call to register if you'd like to be baptized, amen? Our children's ministry, NB Kids, is hosting a pool party. Now, I went to the pool party last time. I was too chicken. I didn't get in the water. <laughs> Maybe this year. <laughs> but anyhow, we had a blast. That's Saturday, July 8th. Registration is required, and it is on the Internet. So please, uh, on the website, do register for that, okay, so we can be prepared for all those that come so you can have a good time. 
This is really a cool announcement. On Friday, July 28th, we are having a family fun day. It's at Cliff's Amusement Park. So you can purchase your tickets for only $5 for an all-day pass. Isn't that great for the whole family? So you can purchase those on the website. It's on there. And you can pick them up the morning of the event at 9.30. All the instructions are there, so you'll see all of that. But I just want you to, you know, want you to know that we would love for you to come. New Mexico, West Texas um, Church of God Ministries is helping to sponsor this as well. So we're very grateful to our state association that is making this possible for our families. And we've got a lot of families here. <laughs> so let's take over Cliffs for Jesus. Amen. <laughs> So all of you that also want to tithe and give your offerings uh, to, to New Beginnings Church to fund many of these things that we have to offer, it's right behind me. There are boxes that are stationed at every single door here in our sanctuary. So you could either drop it off there or you can uh, give online on the church app. Well, at this point, I'd like to dismiss our youth. They have a wonderful teacher here tonight, and that's David Gonzalez. And uh, we're excited, David. We're going to be praying for you, brother. (laughs) And we're excited for our youth, too. They're going to get some meat to chew on tonight. (laughs) At this point, it's really my privilege. And it's an honor because the last time I introduced you, Pastor, was when I was general manager at Trinity Broadcasting Network. And you did a marvelous job when you took that stage and ministered Jesus. And it's my privilege to be able to introduce you now to our church, yours and mine. Pastor Chuck Aragon is not a stranger to hundreds of people in this city and throughout New Mexico. By now, his ministry has reached well over thousands of souls that were once destined for hell but are now destined for heaven. Amen? We appreciate you, Pastor, and your leadership at God's Warehouse. (laughs) Thank you. Beautiful standing ovation. (laughs) Well-deserved, brother. Pastor Chuck, Daily, you live out the scripture found in Matthew 25, verses 35 through 37. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. For I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick. And you looked after me, and I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Pastor Chuck, I cannot wait to hear the message that God has truly anointed you for to bring to my husband's pulpit and to the holy ground of Jesus Christ. God bless you, brother. Can't wait to hear.
wanted me to cry and she got it going on with her. Oh my God. What an introduction, you know. Just uh, praise the Lord, you know. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a tough ministry we're in, you know. Saving souls in, in, you know, the Bible says that uh, this world is still not control the evil one. And, but we are assigned as a light to this dark world. Amen. And, you know, when I first came into New Beginnings Church, I came crawling in here from a halfway house after a 17-year sentence. And uh, this church accepted me, came in as a servant. Fell in love. You know, I had a vision with Pastor Richard to come to this church. And there's no way in living heck that I would lead this church. Because it's my family. Amen? Uh, you know, everybody needs a family behind them. When you have family, nobody can touch you because you have a lot of backup. Amen? And, and I praise God for my pastors. I acknowledge them. Pastor Richard, Pastor Cindy, and all the staff for the love that they have given me. Amen? I acknowledge my wife. She's out there probably cutting the grass, pushing the lawnmower, trying to make my home peaceful and beautiful because she knows what I go through every day. Amen? But you know what? It's all worth it. It's all worth it. You know, I lived a life of a millionaire many years. I've been to everywhere. I've been to World Series. I've been to Super Bowls. I've been championship fights. I, I've done anything that the world wanted to do with money. But never in my life did I ever have the peace that I have with Jesus Christ now. Amen? And that's an important thing to understand, people. Yeah, give God a hand. He's a God of, of understanding and peace. Amen? <laughs> i got to try to do a little Pastor Richard. Amen? But, you know, it's just, it's just a matter of, uh, but we're gonna, what we're really going to study about tonight is to love thy neighbor. Amen? Uh, it's so important thing as I go through the history of my life. I remember I grew up in Sanjo. I grew up on Broadway and Catherine Bourne and Tortilla Flats. A lot of you don't know about Tortilla Flats. Uh, they, had a, they had a complete... Uh, they threw the whole barrio down. It's behind the Modelo. And that's where I was born. It was a very tight community, a community that loved each other. And there was always people in my home and uh, with my mom and dad. And I thought that everybody was my uncle and everybody was my auntie and everybody was my cousins. And we still talk to each other, my primo, because that's the way we were taught how to love our neighbors, you know, that they were family. They were family. And through the generations, what happened is all of a sudden, entertainment started coming in, right? Now, we have so much TV that we don't even have to look at our neighbor, amen? And that's what's happened with society. But we got to remember one thing in the name of Jesus, that we aren't of the world. And, and the love of the world is not us. We have a mission. And the mission is to love our neighbor as ourselves, Amen? Uh, you know, it's a tough mission. It's, it's not an easy mission. But one thing I know for sure, that things that are impossible to us are possible to the God that dwells in us. Amen? Uh, you know, as I was studying the Word, and, you know, a lot of things have happened with this, uh, 
you know, this, this scripture, you know, love your neighbor, you love yourself, uh, love your enemies, you know, in my life. Because I grew, I grew up, you know, from 16 years old on, I chose a life of marijuana smuggling, you know. And I always thought, well, you know, weed's going to be uh, legal. And one of the craziest things that ever happened to me is my brother introduced, he was a senator president, and he introduced a bill to legalize marijuana for medical. It's called the Lynn Pierce Bill. That very same day he introduced it, I crashed a, an airplane with 1,800 pounds of marijuana and got arrested. And uh, so I was on the headlines, you know, with my brother introducing and me getting arrested and brought a lot of turmoil into our lives, right? But the thing about it is that my neighbors and my family that loved me stood behind me, amen? They thought it was a dream, you know. They, I was told my dream that one day marijuana was going to be legal and I'm going to take over the Mexican market. And I was, I was working on that, you know. But now that it's become legal and I found Christ, that's never my goals anymore, you know. I, I don't even think about opening a dispensary. And, I, and they ask me every day, open a dispensary at God's warehouse. Yeah, right. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, let's call it a holy smoke, huh? Huh. Jesus. The devil's a liar, man, but he's a tempter. He don't stop. He, you know, he says, uh, I know you like that money. I know you like that life. You remember the Super Bowls? You know, yeah, right. I don't remember them because I was too high when I was there, right? But uh, praise God, man. Praise God that, but let me tell you how I came to Christ in the prisons, you know. I got, you know, I got 40 years sentence, and I was never able to do time within 2,000 miles of New Mexico. They kept moving me because of cartel, right? Uh, you know, so they moved us because of leadership, but they moved me all around. But it was the best thing that ever happened to me. But what I learned on that is that my neighbors, I remember in 1996, I believe it's that. I really don't remember the year my dad died. But I was in prison and I was ministering. I was, I was a pastor inside the prisons. So I was constantly ministering to men, to men, to men, men that lost wives, men that lost children, men, everything. I was, I was their pastor, you know. And then the time came that my dad died. And I didn't have time to minister. Somebody ministered to me or, or take it into myself. Because another inmate's wife had run over her baby and killed the baby the same day. So my whole time was ministering to him, amen? But there was this little old woman, man. This woman was old, 78 years old. Her name was Margie McGee. And this woman was so anointed. She'd walk into the prison and we'd say, don't touch me, don't touch me, don't touch her. Because she would touch us and we would get so spiritually drunk that the guards would give us UAs. I mean, we couldn't walk. She was so filled with God. I said, please don't touch me, don't touch me, Margie, don't touch You know, <laughs> she'd be like, <laughs> oh my God. And what's crazy, my partners, one, one was a, a, a biker, had a beard to hear, blonde from Texas, and blonde hair to hear. His name was Big. And my other partner, he was from L.A., called, uh, he was called Little Angel, and every part of his body was tattooed. Those were my disciples. And we were a running crew, and then they had Big Dog in the middle, right? 
So we'd have to hold each other up and Margie touched us. But man, it was love. And she taught me about loving your neighbor, amen? She never judged us, man. This little old lady coming to a federal prison, she never judged us. She showed us love to her neighbor without her husband anymore. And that taught me a lesson, man, in the prison system, that love overcomes everything, amen? And, you know, what, what blew my mind about Margie is that the power of the Holy Spirit was upon her so much, and I, I was wondering, how does she have so much power? And you know why? Because she had that much love, because she had that much God. And, you know, she's always been my inspiration. She's always been my my, the, the one that I see in front of the place when I see the prisoners, you know. I've been in 11 federal prisons. I've been in from the free, freezing Michigan to the swamps of Louisiana to, oh, man, Arkansas, Texarkana, Reno, Tuna for a bit. All over, man, all over. But one thing I learned, that the inmates loved their neighbors, the brothers, amen. And that's how we survived. By loving our neighbors, amen? And that's an important thing to understand. You know, we all think about the scripture, uh, love your neighbor as yourself. And we think about when Christ, you know, answers that question to the Pharisees about loving their neighbor, what are the greatest commandments, they ask. And of course, in, in Matthew, he says, to love the Lord thy God with all your power, all your might, and to love your neighbor as you love yourself, right? Well, the reality is this is that we have to learn how to love ourselves, man. You have to learn how to love yourself. We're all different here, you know. Some of us are big. Yeah, right. Some of us are tiny. Some of us are, you know, different, different looks. But we're all the children of God, amen. And when you live in a household with many family members, there's always a battle for attention. And what I'm learning about that is with my dogs. I've got... <laughs> I've got five dogs, and, you know, when I get up in the morning, and I got to let them out at six in the morning, and then it's time for them to get their little snack, I see them lining up, and they fight for each other to be next to me, amen, to be rubbed. And, you know, I learned by loving my dogs that, hey, that I was a dog one time, and God loved me, amen. You know, I just pushed towards him, and, and, and that's a thing to remember, is that God is not, is not a God that has favorites. We are all his children, amen? And, and, and that, you know, in, in Leviticus, what blew my mind on the study, that I thought, you know, hey, man, love thy neighbor, thy self, was in Matthew, but when you get to Leviticus, let's go to Leviticus. In the beginning of the Bible. See, I'm a raw preacher. I don't give him all the scriptures. We got to go here and go there, and I just do it, you know? They're kind of scared of me at times, but that's the way it is, huh? You know, I just, uh, let's go to Leviticus 19, 17. If you don't know Leviticus, Leviticus was the laws. God was teaching the people how to live, amen? He was teaching them how to live. And all the morals and everything, we're studying the Ten Commandments, but Leviticus was, I mean, breaking it down, amen? And in Leviticus, some people said Leviticus? Levi Ticus, Levi Cuss, the Levi Cuss, huh? <laughs> 17, 19, 17. You shall not hate your brother in your heart. 
You shall surely rebuke your neighbor and not bear sin again because of him. You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the children of your people. But you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Huh? That's in the beginning, people. Those are the original rules. <laughs> so, I mean, God has had this in the beginning. You know, you know, a lot of us in these times, we don't even know our neighbors, do we? Let me tell you a little story, man. Me and my wife moved out to Edgewood two and a half years ago. And uh, we moved into an area. We come from the city, but I'm a city boy. And we go into an area, and there's a half acre between each all of us, you know. And we had an old widow on the right side. And, man, all of a sudden, we came into her turf. She called the uh, animal patrol on me. She called the sheriff's on everything. I met every, every police force there, right? And they all came <laughs> Because, you know, the truck was making too much noise. My dog was out of the way. But I got to meet all the authorities and introduce myself. They'd heard of God's warehouse, right? So instead of us being mad, we became Christians. And I took her a big old chocolate cake, right? I went over and took her a chocolate cake. She said, what's this for? I said, because you know what? We're your neighbors and we want to be nice neighbors. And, you know, and it helped. But she had diabetes, so I bought her two cakes. You know, I'd be sure to take a cake every week. And God talked to me about that because, you, know, uh, you know, I shouldn't have taken her two. I should only gave her a cookie. But you know how it is. There's still a little evil hanging on the back, right? Anyway, we got past her. Amen. Then in my corner, oh, I got another good story for you about love your neighbor, Pastor Richard. <laughs> Let me tell you this story. I come out of the joint, it's right before Thanksgiving, I'm in church, Pastor Richard says, Chuck, oh yeah, Pastor, what can I do for you? I need you to go feed uh, for Thanksgiving. Sure, we'll go feed. Guess where it was? The police station. Here I come out of prison, all those dudes know me, I'm on the line, they're coming to the line, right? And, Happy Thanksgiving, Happy Thanksgiving. They're kind of, is this Aragon? Is this the Aragon we know? God's changed me. <laughs> I mean, th- th- believe me, they had me eat a plate before they ate one. Amen? You know, I had to taste the gravy and all that to make sure everything was all right. But Pastor Richard put me on that spot. And, and what blew my mind about that is there's never in my life would I have done that in my old world. To me, it was the enemy. Because that's the way my mind thought. See, when you have a rebellious spirit, uh, you know, it's an anti-authoritative spirit. It's the spirit of witchcraft. If you hate authority right now, you have witchcraft. Bible says it. And you know what? They're our neighbors too. So Pastor Richard did that to me. He put me on check. Amen? And that's one thing I've learned too. That whoever you hate, whatever you hate, when you come to Jesus, and I said it before, God's going to put you to minister to him. Right? You know, that was the same thing with Jesus. There's two types of uh, religious people, okay? One are the religious freaks, the zealots. Oh, man, I ain't going to go down to the wards. Oh, man, them people are using. Them people stink. Them people haven't changed their clothes in about two months. You know? Oh, then there, and you know, that's the Pharisee, you know. Remember, Jesus went in to eat with Zacchaeus, huh? Zachariah or Zacchaeus? Yeah, the little one. 
he had to climb the tree like a, like a squirrel. Zacchaeus, come off the tree. I'm going to go eat with you. Me? <laughs> I'm your neighbor. So him, him and the apostles, they never missed a meal. That, that's what's good about hanging around with a big man like me, the guys that work with me, or hanging around Jesus. You're going to have some good meals coming. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's Steve. He's out here. That's Steve. That's the girls. We have good meals coming. When you're with me, I go eat good places, right? But so Jesus took him in, and there's the Pharisees outside. Does he not know that he's eating with the scum? That's for Jesus. He is our example of loving our neighbor. Jesus is the only religious man of that time that touched the leopard. Jesus is the only one of that time that talked to the Samaritan, the enemy. Jesus was the only one that talked to anyone that wanted to talk. Amen? You know, a lot of times we, we become a judgmental society. A lot of times, if they're not part of our clique, they're not part of the clique. This clique stuff's got to end, man. We're not in the clique anymore. We're, we're in the brotherhood and sisterhood of Jesus Christ. Amen? <laughs> and, and you know what? I, w- I was studying, I was studying Mother, Mother Teresa, my, my hero. You know that Billy Graham, I've said it before, when Billy Graham went to India... She went, he went with the attitude, you know, going down there and the president and the prime minister wanted to meet him. And he said, I don't want to meet them. I want to go meet Mother Teresa. And when he found Mother Teresa, she was sleeping right there with all the leopards, her little babies, she called them. Well, anyway, I read a quote of her today. I was reading about how do we love our neighbor? I was studying today, right? Mother Teresa, her words were this. They're all little baby Jesuses. They're all baby Jesuses. If, if, if one of them is a leper, Jesus is, is sick. If one of them is, is, is losing an arm, Jesus is losing an arm. And it made a lot of sense. But she was the greatest lover of her neighbor. Amen? And those are examples that are put before us. Amen? And the same things are happening nowadays. At God's warehouse right now, we just finished feeding 300. At God's warehouse, we're feeding an average of 2,500 a week. Seven days a week. And it ain't just us, my staff. My staff, a lot of the staff are here. A lot of people here that give their lives to helping the homeless, helping the people. But the reality is, is that that's the, our main thing is winning souls to Christ. Amen? And you know, the Bible says, faith without works. And works without faith is dead. Amen? We can sit here, put all the bumper stickers we want in our car. We're all the t-shirts Jesus loves. But if people don't see action to the neighbor, to them that are hurting, you know what? That don't count. And the greatest thrill of loving the neighbor is the reward of seeing a smile and saying thank you. Amen? The other day, I was uh, every Tuesday and every Monday and and Thursday, I get food out, right, to ministries. But there's always a group that comes in. And every time that door's open, homeless or somebody's going to walk in, right, wanting to eat something. Well, the other day I was setting up, getting my little group together, putting my thing together. And all of a sudden, there was a native, young native man in the garage door. No T-shirt. I want to talk to the pastor. Junker than a skunk. 
I want to talk to the pastor. So the people come up to me and say, hey, this, this kid wants to talk to you, man. And I'm about ready to do a live broadcast. They bring him in. He's carrying two rocks, one rock in one hand, one in the other. Slams him on the table, right? And I'm saying, uh, I'm thinking in my mind, and I, I've gone through this a lot at God's warehouse. Is this guy here to hit me? Or, or what, you know, what's he going to do? Crack up and hit us? Or what? No. He wanted help. And I said, you know what? Get him a, first thing we're going to do for you, bro, is get you a T-shirt. And he was beat up. He was beat up. What happened to him, he was, uh, the Teen Challenge was there with me that day. What happened to him, he was in a, a murder 10 years ago. And now he's on the streets and the family are seeking revenge. They're, they're looking for him and trying to kill him, you know. So, you know, I'm sitting there and I say, you know, there's two things I can do for you. I said, we can get you into a men's home where you're, you're safe, you know, a Christian men's home or, or transitional home. Or uh, we can, you know, give you a ride back to the res or whatever you need to do. And you know what he said? No, I need prayer. He's the one that told me I need prayer. I said, okay, let's pray. And, and that's what I've learned so much about the hurting. That if you have the anointing of God, they know they will come to you because you, you love them. And they want you to pray for them. You know, if somebody comes up to you and says, will you pray for me? You know why? Because they're seeing the anointing of Christ in you. They're seeing that you're concerned for them in life. Amen? You know what I mean? That's an important thing. You know, like this happened just the other day. I had another young couple that uh, bought a trailer right across from me and my wife. I was going to buy it, and I had a good deal. God had opened the door to get it, and we didn't get it. And uh, I told my wife, man, I kicked myself in the back because I could have got that trailer and, and, and sold it to somebody, a Christian family, right? Well, these guys have been fighting. Cute girl, young man, but he never looked at me, you know. He never looked at us. And I look at him, he never looked at us. And I told my wife, I said, you know what, honey? That dude's on the run, man. Something's going on. I said, he's either on the run, he's doing real bad, something's going on. So here I am talking about that young man in my heart. But I noticed, I always noticed it because my front window looks at his house directly every day. So I'm always looking at him. And I noticed that the vehicles were broken. And uh, he came out the other day calling her every name in the world. And we thought he was doing wrong. But uh, what happened is uh, the vehicles broke. So he, they were walking down the road. And I don't know this. We know the girls. You know, she's talked to us. The, the, they weren't married. But we never, I never met him. So I jump in the car. And I'm driving down the road. And I pull over, man, right next to him. I say, yeah, you know what, man? My, you know, I'm your neighbor, man. I'm Chuck, Pastor Chuck. If there's anything I could do for you, man, let me try to help you guys. I said, you don't need, I said, you don't need to, you don't need to walk. I, I've got, I've got extra cars in the yard. Take the Toyota, man. You can, you can drive that. Yeah, you know what? My truck is broken down, but I didn't know they had broken up, you know? And uh, so I finally got to talk to him and here I was blaming him for everything. And it was her that was messing up, you know? A lot of times we look at the outside picture of, of our, of our neighbor and we judge them, and we really don't know the story. Amen? We need to find a story before we make conclusions of our neighbors. But anyway, signed up to sound on the Toyota for nothing. Gave it to him for nothing. 
You know why? Because of that scripture, love your neighbor. You know what I mean? What was that Toyota doing for me? It was sitting there. And uh, my wife, we had just got blessed with a brand new truck. We bought it, but we got a new truck. And, and I didn't need that Toyota. So he ended up with it. So what happens then? His dad comes over and buys it from my wife. And then he said, they're going to sell the, the trader. I said, hey, we're interested in it. And he said, you know what? I'll get you what we have in it. So we might be buying that trader and the Christian family from here and move in. Amen. By that good gesture, by that good gesture to the neighborhood, I got blessed, right? Today I was reading Proverbs. Proverbs says, he who denies the cry of the poor, I will not hear either. Amen. You know what, people? We have an obligation as a Christian family to take care of the widow. To take care of the orphan. Even in here, there's a lot of men and women that are single, single parents. Amen? And they keep it quiet. But that's why it's important us as a family and a neighbor to ask, can I help you with anything? How do you love your neighbor as yourself? A, you pray for them. You have to always pray for your neighbors. Amen? That can be your co-worker, whatever. B, you have to have good talk and be an example. If you're not an example... To society, how are they going to want to come to you for help in a time of need? Amen? You have to have an open door. You know, my dream wasn't to be a homeless pastor. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to be 69. I always say I'm 69, but my wife reminds me, I'm, you're only 68. And I said, what's the difference, man? <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> but you know what? I have no intention of stopping. Because you know what? Every time I see, we've taken almost 25 people in the last two months to rehab. 25 people. You don't know what the war is out there on fentanyl. You know, 25 people. And I, and I, give, I give all the honor to, to the staff, you know, to Laura and Crystal and Cisco and, and everybody that's working there. Because we work to take people off fentanyl. Fentanyl is the liar. Fentanyl is the killer. Fentanyl is the demon. But he who lives in us is greater than the fentanyl. Amen? And, and, and that's an important thing to understand. I'm trying to talk some, some, some life into you about ministering. Amen? I was talking to Pastor Cindy. The reality, you know, I listened to six sermons. Three coming down the mountain from Edgewood. I come in 30 miles every day into the city. And I go home 30 miles every night. And, but those 30 miles, I listened to six sermons. Amen? That's 60 miles. And I was listening to a sermon the other day. If someone tells you they're a Christian, they have a right to ask you, where do you serve? Where do you serve? Amen? There should never be a time that this church has to say, I need ushers. I need security. We need this. No. You should be running up and say, what can I do? Where can I serve? Amen? Because you're serving the family. You know, it's kind of like I have my annual barbecue every year on this year, July 15th. And what I notice, and even at God's Warehouse, I'll tell you what's going on. But I notice everybody gets up at the end and starts washing dishes and helping and then serving, right? Helping us. At God's Warehouse, what I do now is we serve. And then I say, does anybody want to wash dishes? And the homeless raise their hand. Does anybody want to help sweep? Homeless raise their hand. Does anybody want to pick up the chairs? Homeless raise their hands. But at the end, they do like this. 
But you know what? It's okay. It's okay because I don't give them much, but I give them something because they're learning that this is their place and they got to serve. Amen? And that's a reality. And that's the same thing with, with your neighbors. <laughs> you know, you have a neighbor, man, and you can tell they can't cut the grass. You have a neighbor and you can tell that they're having problems with the car and you know what to do. If you have a neighbor that uh, their house is unpainted and looks terrible and you know how to paint, you know what to do. Not everything's about this, man. Not everything's about money, amen? Remember the reward is in heaven. There's a book of remembrance in heaven and what you do for your neighbor, you're doing for Jesus, amen? I mean, that's why Jesus emphasized so much to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And if you truly love your neighbor is that you will help your neighbor on whatever needs it is, amen? Because you know what? There's a lot of single women in here that can't, that can't fix their cars. There's a lot of single men that are here that need somebody to babysit so they can take a break. We need to be a family, amen? We need to be a family. And you know what's great about that? Then in the heart, you feel good about yourself. Whenever you do something for somebody else, you feel good about yourself. You know, I don't make no great salary or God's warehouse, but every night I feel good about myself. You know why? Because I'm helping my neighbors. And, you know, and that's a great thing. That's a great thing. You know, God's warehouse ain't a beautiful building. God's warehouse is an old building, but it's filled with God. It's filled with God. Because the Bible says wherever two or three are gathered, Christ is in the midst. He's here right now. Amen. And the reality there, he's right there with the homeless. He's right there with the addict. He's right there with the prostitute. He's right there with the transgender. He's right there with the lesbian. He's right there with the homosexual. He's right there with the murderer. He's right there with the prisoner. They're all in God's warehouse. And I welcome with open hands. You know why? Because they're my neighbors. You know, you got, if you love Christ, you got to obey the commandments. We got to love our neighbors. We love ourselves. And if you judge, one day one of your kids might be out there. And you know what? And then, and then you really feel it. A lot of people say, ah, you're codependent. So what? They need to eat. You know, we never closed for COVID. I never shut down one day for COVID. My wife was out there with me. A lot of people were out there with me. Freezing in the snow, continue eating. And people say, why? I said, because they got to eat. We don't close for 4th of July. We don't close for Christmas. We don't close for Thanksgiving. We don't close for Easter. We feed. It's not always me. But God has built an army now. And I, there is an army working at God's warehouse now. I'm telling you, man, there's churches that are joining. We, we have started a great army fighting homelessness. And you know who started it? New Beginnings Church. New Beginnings Church started it. Now we, 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 we're, we're in co-dependency with so many ministries. You know, look at Teen Challenge right there, man. Teen Challenge and me have become so close. We love each other, man. The other day, you know, my wife, you know my wife. We got more plants than the jungle Time she gets to my cart. What did you buy today, honey? Well, I bought some fruit and I bought some sodas. And there was four whatever kind of flowers on sale, right? And uh, the other day she told me, wouldn't it be nice if we had sod up here? I said, yeah. You know what I did? I called Teen Challenge. 
And I said, hey, can you guys lay, lay some salt for me? They were there, and we got salt in the yard, you know. They came over. They never complained. They worked by their hands. They were on their hands tearing the grass. They were with shovels turning the dirt over. That's because they showed love to their neighbor. Amen? And it ain't just physical. A lot of it is prayer, people. A lot of it is prayer. You know, you can show love for your neighbor by praying for them. I spent so many years praying for my cellmates, praying for those that were next to me in cells. And you know what? Prayer works. Prayer works. And if you love your neighbor, pray for them. You know, a lot of us have come from hard, hardship lives, amen? Homes where the daddy was addicted, homes where the mama was gone. I've heard every story in the world. But one thing I can guarantee you is that God hears your prayer, amen? Don't give up. Don't ever give up on your children. Don't ever say, yeah, cabo, yeah. It doesn't mean you got to open the door because they're strung out and ripping you off. But you pray for them, amen? Uh, this Sunday, last Sunday I, I took a picture. I work on Sundays. That's why I'm not here. I, I, I got a business with my daughter. Uh, it's called Christie's Yum Yums. And we've been business partners for 10 years. She does all the work, and I sit there and smile. And uh, she's reminding me about that. And yeah, I say, hey, I love you. <laughs> but anyway, my two sons came with her, and we took a picture together. And you know what she told me? She said, Dad, this is the first picture that we've taken, the boys and me, in 25 years. Do you know what I mean? See, memories pass, time pass. And, and it's important to keep a history with your families. It's important to keep a history. You know how many pictures I have of people at God's warehouse? I've got over 5,000 pictures of people that have come through the street. We lost one three days ago. Sleeping in the tent, got 10 shots. Dead in the tent, you know. But I'll tell you what, and anybody who's been at God's warehouse knows one thing. I do the prayer of salvation three times a night. You know what I mean? I do not, and I tell them straight, you see that? Board? I say, you see, we, we have about 50 pictures of people that have passed, called the memorial wall. I say, you see that wall over there? Those are all people that sat where you sat. But they all said the same prayer that I want to pray with you tonight. And they prayed. And I can hear all I'm saying, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, forgive me, Lord, forgive me, Lord. I can hear them all praying, you know, and I hear it, man. And, man, it gives me a thrill. Because you know what? That's between them and God now. I've done my part. And you know why? Because I love them because they're my neighbors. They're your neighbors. You know, we got to realize that everybody are neighbors, amen? In uh, First John. We're going to go to Matthew first, okay, where, where Pastor uh, talked about. Master, Ma, uh, Matthew 22. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, tested him and saying, Teacher, which is Jesus, which is the great commandments in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first great commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. If you love Jesus, he's telling you what to do. You're no better than anybody else. I'm no better than anybody else. I, I'm not a no higher up the cross or up Calvary. I'm on the same level. But I learned, I learned the reason of Christianity. 
to share the love of Christ. Amen. We are the arms. We are the feet. We are the hands. We are the eyes. We are the ears of Jesus. Amen. And you know what? If you need an example, just follow his walk. Amen. Jesus never denied anybody. There's time, you know, he had the, he had the compassion. He was tired. He was on a hill. He realized that a bunch of people had been eaten and he fed them. Why? Because he loved his neighbor. You know what I mean? And we have to get that attitude, guys. Quit thinking of yourself only and your family. You'll be blessed by doing things for others. Amen? Because you know what? They'll never forget. They'll never forget. You know, that's what I love about God. And everybody's invited to God's warehouse. All of you can come seven days a week, anytime. Oh, I'm working. Well, are you working Saturday night? No, uh, no, we're going to the movies. Well, are you going to, what are you going to do after church? Uh, I'm going to uh, go out and eat. Okay, but it, there's no excuses anymore. Seven nights a week you can go there and serve. And you'll be blessed, man. You'll be blessed. You know why you'll be blessed? Because you're going to see somebody that comes in hurt and leaves with a smile. You know what? I eat with them. I don't minister on no puppet. I sit on the table and I eat with everybody. I sit to their whole meal and eat with all of them and talk to them. And they come and pray with me and, and hug me and, and tell me how good they're doing or how bad they're doing. But you know why they do that? Because they know I love them. They share with me because they know I love them. How can you say you love a God who you don't see and not love your neighbor who you see every day? Amen. I mean, we have to really, a lot of people have passed in this church. We have to always, you know, try to call or Facebook or whatever and give our sincerity. Get, you know, give our, get, you know, the Bible says if one of us is crying, we cry with him. If one is of joy, we have joy. Get rid of the spirit of envy. Wherever there's envy, every evil lurks. Every evil lurks. You know, just bless your brother and your sister. Thank God they're doing better. You know? It's a lot easier. It's a lot easier to bless. Forgiveness is another thing. It's hard to forgive. I know there's a lot of people in this room that have lost children and that to the gun. It's terrible. But guess what? The only way you're going to be set free is to let it be and forgive. It doesn't mean that you forget, but you take the burden from you. My best friend put the finger on me. Took me years to forgive. But you know, once I did... I was set free. Amen. And that's an important thing. So forgive your neighbors, whatever they've done. But also forgive your wife. Forgive your children. Forgive your mother and father. Forgive your co-worker. We have to forgive in order to show our love. Amen. You know, I just leave you with one thing. We're going to go and have an altar call. There's a button down here somewhere. Where's it at, Cindy? Left side? Is it a little white button? Is it this little button? Just the button. Okay, everybody, say a prayer. We're going. We're going. No. <laughs> Amen. I want to open up the altars. First of all, if there's anybody here that has not accepted Christ, even if you have, I want everybody in this place to say this prayer. But it's special for somebody that has not. Raise their hands so we can do that prayer. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Good, my brother. Praise God. Let's go ahead and say this prayer with you. Go ahead and stand. And let's all say this prayer. Now I want you to come up. Amen. Say, Father God, in the name of Jesus, 
I ask you now to straighten me up, to forgive me of my sins. I know by you dying on that cross that you set me free. I ask you now to change my life, to be like you, Lord, to love my neighbor as I love you. In the mighty name of Jesus, fill me with the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I ask this. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to go ahead and we're going to open up the altar. If you have any problems, you have any quick, come on up and get prayer. We have praying warriors. Amen. Come on up, young man. We want to give you a hug. Yeah, come on. Pastor Cindy, who's, who's handling the... All right. Anybody need prayer? The praying warriors are here. Amen. All right. to give him a Bible on that. Amen? Anybody need prayer? Come on up right now. Everybody needs prayer. Come on up. Amen? Hallelujah. Come on, praying warriors. Come on. Come on, praying warriors. Hallelujah. Jesus. Two young ladies here. Amen. bow our heads and pray. Amen. Father God, Lord, teach us how to love our neighbor, Lord. Even if our neighbor is in our own home, Lord, 
that we're not really acting like a married couple, but as friends. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. God bless you, love you. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, to teach us to treat our neighbor as we want to be treated. Fill us with the power of the Holy Ghost to be an anointing to our neighbor that they may become a love of our life in Jesus' name. Everybody turned to their neighbor and said, I love you, neighbor. Amen. God bless you. Have a good night. I bless you. I love you. Have a good night. Amen.